Hello, you're listening to The Raphael Letters. My name is Gabriel Dantes, and today I'll be reading a letter from the Archangel Raphael to a guardian angel named Shariel, who's protecting a young woman named Sarah. Today, in Raphael letter number 15, the Archangel is writing about one of the very first angelic military decrees, stating that all angels must remain silent. After the letter, we'll read through meditation questions to help us better internalize the spiritual truths contained within the letter. Stay tuned on Sundays for new episodes, and be sure to click the follow button to not miss out. And if you do enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends. And if you really enjoy it, then please consider contributing financially to the podcast. Unfortunately, it's not free to keep a podcast going. There are different fees and such. If you want to make sure that this podcast keeps running, consider contributing to the podcast on Patreon at the link in the show notes. It's only $2 a month to join, and you'll be able to listen to these podcasts a whole two weeks before everyone else. So there are two podcasts waiting for you out there that you can listen to right now. There are other perks as well. Anyways, enough time for that. Let's get to the letter. Without further ado, let us read letter number 15 on the order of silence. Most beloved Shariel, I see that you are very eager to reveal yourself to Sarah and tell her why she is so miserable in her life. Her Certainly not alone. The most difficult part of our duty is in obeying the angelic military decree number 5, BC 3761, instructing all angels to remain silent and unseen. Perhaps it is time that I explain this original order. You would think that if we could simply appear to humans and explain to them about what their actions are doing, how their sins are hurting Jesus and his mother, how their sins separate them from the ones they love, and how their sins prevent them from true joy in the land of the living. If only we could tell them, then they would see and understand. Unfortunately, this is not the case. As the Incarnate Lord said, Quote, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Luke sixteen thirty one. By extension, neither will God's children believe his holy angels if they reject the teachings of Christ and his church. This is for many reasons. First, it is because they must not only hear the truth, but they must freely receive it in faith. Second, by this faith they might ache and learn to hope for what God has promised to them. And third, God wills that by this faith and this hope they should grow in loving one another. First, it is in the profound wisdom of God that his children should be free in their acceptance of the faith. This is the reason why God gave partial knowledge to his divine plan in the beginning to angels, 
we were told that the lowest should rule the highest, and that humanity should be seated above the cherubim. It was this knowledge that caused the once named Lucifer to fall. For he saw this and boldly proclaimed, I will not serve. Lucifer saw this profound wisdom that the lowest should rule the highest as the greatest folly, and so he chose not to serve. We all beheld our own unique mission in this way, though with partial ignorance, that in a single moment we might freely choose the wisdom of God. If God, on the other hand, had revealed all things to us and to Lucifer, if he communicated all wisdom to us, though indeed that would be impossible to contain all of his wisdom, still, if it were possible, this complete knowledge would remove completely all freedom. There would be no room for us to trust. It would be as if a wife said to her husband when he asked about why she was always staying out late, Trust me, dear. Suppose he didn't trust her and followed her and he discovered that she was planning a very detailed surprise party for him. Doesn't his discovery of that knowledge remove the possibility for him to be able to trust? So also with angels, and so also with humans, when we do not appear to them. God wills that they should be free. And that in being free, they should grow in faith, and thereby grow in love for him. The greater the faith, the greater the love. Second, it is God's luminous desire that his children should ache with longing for the things that they desire. At first glance, this may appear torturous. Why would a good God allow such pain? But at a closer look, the reasoning is made clear. It is like the lover in the Song of Songs who in the rain desperately knocks on her door crying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is wet with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. And his bride to be who was longing for him on her bed, says to herself as she struggles to find something to wear, I had put off my garment, how could I put it on? I had bathed my feet, how could I soil them? Then her lover tries to open the door but is locked. Then she says in her heart as she approached the door with eagerness, As my beloved put his hand to the latch, my heart thrilled within me. I rose to open to my beloved. My hands dripped with myrrh upon the handles of the bolt. Then I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone. Then she ran out into the rain, looking around the square, and the ache in her heart grew deeper. Quote, I sought him, but found him not. I called to him, but he gave no answer. Song of Songs 5, 2 to 6. It is the nature of desire to grow deeper as it is postponed. And how 
how great is the joy of discovery in that moment. This is why God does not wish us to tell humans where to find their supreme happiness. This is why we do not reveal ourselves and therein spoil some of the joy that could otherwise be theirs. It breaks my heart along with yours that Sarah is so far from Jesus. But even this is part of his plan. For in depriving her of this and many other goods in her life, the divine bridegroom allows her desire to deepen. Thus, as her desire deepens, so deepens her trust that he will give her the desires of her heart. Then does her love deepen, and then does her joy deepen. This delay of gratification will be the most difficult thing for humans to accept. In this age of the world, humans have to wait for things so rarely. They can acquire vegetables without growing them. They can purchase meat without raising the animal. They can buy an entire meal without the effort of cooking it. They can speak to a friend without the difficulty of visiting. They can text a friend without the difficulty of speaking. They can listen to music without knowing a good friend who is able to bless their lives with the joy of his skill. They are able to access nearly every piece of knowledge on the face of this planet simply by looking on their computer or their smartphone. And humans wonder why God seems to work so slowly in their lives. Is it not that perhaps their lives are working too quickly? If only they could sit still for a moment and remain in their desire, then they would realize this and their longing and their joy would deepen. They would appreciate more the meal farmed and made from their own hands. They would long with a quiet, joyful acceptance for the trip to see their friend. They would treasure and be grateful for every note sung by their musical friend. And they would find the joy of discovering the truth on their own. This is not to say that humans should not utilize the devices and the services offered by this current age. But they should bear in mind that if they can never delay desires then their hearts and their joy will never deepen. And they will live their lives as the child who slams their fists on the ground, declaring, I want it all, and I want it now. Thirdly, by not allowing angels to directly interfere with human affairs, we are allowing for greater charity among mankind. To use the same analogy of the child, if a little girl is always given whatever she wants, her well-being becomes dependent upon others. She will never know the joy of being able to take care of herself, nor will she know the greater joy of being able to help others in their needs. So while God will provide for his children in their needs, and while he will sometimes command us angels to provide for them in one way or another, 
he desires that they should provide for their own needs and care for one another. Thus, while he could allow us to care for the homeless, this would prevent God's children from growing in charity. In this act of loving the homeless, he thus reveals to his children the nature of love and the joy of selflessness. Thus, paradoxically, in this our silence, he will speak, quote, For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness, and her salvation as a burning torch. Isaiah 62, 1. So take courage in this long silence, my dear Shariel. With his grace, very soon, you will look with her upon the sun that never sets. Servant of his healing spirit, Raphael. I hope you enjoyed this letter titled, On the Order of Silence. In it, we learned about why God has commanded his angels to remain silent and how this silence allows for humans to experience the joy of faith, hope, and love. The point of these letters is to bring some spiritual awareness to what's going on all around us, to help us enter more fully into these letters and their unique themes. I've composed the following meditation questions which you can find in the show notes or on my website. While I encourage you to write down your answers to these questions in a notebook to help you engage in them, I recognize that not everyone has the time or freedom to do that. So if that is the case, then as you listen, I recommend paying particular attention to your answers, perhaps saying them out loud if you're alone, or repeat them to yourself in your mind. The purpose of this is in order to create a greater awareness of our guardian angels throughout the day and week, that we might do what St. Paul encouraged us to do, pray without ceasing. Let us reflect on those questions. What is the spiritual reality that I am now more aware of having read this letter? What is something I wish I could say to my guardian angel right now? Is there something specifically I could thank them for? What is a struggle that I wish my guardian angel could help me more with? Guardian angel, can you help me more with this please? Please pray for me on my behalf that God's grace might be poured into me to aid me with this. What are some things in my life that are difficult for me to accept? Is there a teaching of Christ that is difficult to believe? 
Are there circumstances of my life or my past that are hard to reconcile with? Do I trust in God's plan for my life, submitting my entire life to His will? Jesus, please help me to conform my heart to the will of the Father. I cry as you did. Father, if it be possible, let this chalice pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. Is it difficult for me to be patient as I wait for God to fulfill the desires of my heart? Do I fight him? Or do I choose to trust that he wants to bring me joy? Do I pursue him as my heart's greatest desire? Jesus, I trust you. I trust that you want to bring great joy to my heart. Please help me to pursue your heart above all else. What is something I wish God would change in my community? Homelessness, the offenses against the dignity of the human person, the lack of hospitality at my church. Jesus, please help me to be the change that I wish to see in the world around me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear our supplication as we cry to you that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their presence. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day, be at my side, the light to guard.